as of today that within a two to three month period, if we do not aggressively, and and I'm going to argue very strongly that churches and people of faith need to lead this way, but if we don't take this exceedingly seriously starting today that between at least 1,800 people in Memphis and Shelby County will die, if we are cavalier about it, up to 8,000 people will die. This is not just pie in the sky, um, that we're talking about our own community and people that we love. The mission of the church health is to reclaim the biblical commitment to care for our bodies and spirits. As we face COVID-19, church health is doing even more to focus their energy and attention and resources to care for all who seek help and guidance, as well as all who work alongside their mission. Welcome to today's Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Dr. Scott Morris, Chief Executive Officer of Church Health, the family practice physician and ordained United Methodist minister who founded Church Health back in 1987 to provide quality, affordable health care for working uninsured people and their families. Dr. Morris joins us now. Scott, how long has it been since we last got together? I remember back in 2011, I believe, when your book, Healthcare you can live with, discover wholeness in body and spirit. Has it been that long since we last got together? You know, I think it has been a while, so it may have been that long. I know you've been quite busy. It is so good to get back together with you and under the circumstances that we're in right now. Now, I know that you've moved out of the old Baptist Healthplex on Union Avenue into the Crosstown Concourse. Do you feel like you're at home now in that old Sears building yet? Yeah, we've been here three years now, and uh, we were in our other locations 30 years, and truthfully, I never never think about it. Yeah, actually, there's so many good things about being at Crosstown. You know, we are the anchor tenant here. We have 150,000 square feet, and at this critical time in our, our lives here in Memphis, Crosstown is serving us exceedingly well to be able to care for the community in a very broad way around these COVID-19 issues. My mom worked in the catalog sales in Sears on the second floor of that building for many, many years. So I have a lot of fond memories of visiting that location. Dr. Morris, when did you first hear about the coronavirus and when did you get concerned about its potential impact? Well, you know, like with many people, I heard back in December, probably, what was happening in China. It was one of those things take an interest at, but it, it probably wasn't until January it became clear that this was not just limited to, to China and was spreading fairly quickly around around the world. You know, the issues of a uh, pandemic like this has always been something, if you're particularly interested in public health, which Church Health does, you know things like this could happen. It's hard to appreciate how fast it could happen. Um, but here at Church Health, we've been preparing for this, working with this probably for the last six or eight weeks. There's a lot of misinformation being reported about this virus. What are we actually facing with COVID-19? Yeah, so I I mean, the message I want to get to everybody listening right now is that this is not something down the road. This is an issue for today. Looking at modeling platforms um, around what could happen in Memphis and Shelby County and in the tri-state area we live in, that, you know, so numbers I'm going to quote right now have nothing to do with Washington or New York or California. This is about Memphis and the Mid-South. We are on a path as of today that within a two to three month period, if we do not aggressively, and, and I'm going to argue very strongly that churches and people of faith need to lead this way, but if we don't take this exceedingly 
seriously starting today that between at least 1,800 people in Memphis and Shelby County will die. If we are cavalier about it, up to 8,000 people will die. This is not just pie in the sky. Um, that We're talking about our own community and people that we love. Dr. Morris, why is this COVID-19 unlike the flu we are threatened with every year? What's different? Yeah, so to start with, so if you have the flu, um, number one, on average, somebody with the flu will, will infect one other person. COVID-19, uh, you'll probably end up infecting three to five other people. That, that's one. Number two is that the nature of the transmission is different uh, in that if you get the flu, you're going to get sick within a day or two. You're going to self-quarantine. You're going to go home. With this, you are infectious for four to five days, maybe a week. You know, you're out there doing what you would normally do, infecting other people. You don't feel that bad. That's number one. Number two is that it's a far more lethal infection. So 0.1% of people with the flu might die. With this, up to two, maybe even as much as 3% of people who get COVID-19 will die. There's a big difference between 2% and 0.1%. So these are all issues that make it far more serious and fortunately far more lethal. What ways has church health protocol been adjusted to receiving your clients to make provision for COVID-19? Yeah, so these days we, we are all COVID-19. I mean, we are, we're 100% focused on how this works, and we have really three missions. From a medical standpoint, we view our most important issue is church health provides health care for people who work in low-wage jobs who don't have health insurance. That is still an issue. Two days ago, I see a 15-year-old boy who has a fever, who's clearly sick. What became very clear is that he was having an appendicitis, and he needed his appendix taken out. This had nothing to do with COVID. If you're uninsured in Shelby County, there were already few options of where you could go for health care. Those options have dramatically dwindled, and Church Health is at the forefront of how to do that, number one. Number two, we are leading the way among the clinics in Memphis deal with the whole COVID response. Our team is working to set up testing stations, developing a plan. What people don't need to do is think they have COVID and go to the emergency room. That cannot be the plan. By the same token, we have to have a plan if your grandmother has a stomachache or she fell and hurt herself. The last place we want her to go is to the emergency room. We are working in every way you can imagine to try to be a helpful responder in all of that and leading the way. Lastly, and our conversation here is why I am eager to to talk with you today, is what is the role of the faith community in all this? Um, Alarming numbers that I just gave can be mitigated, we believe, if we practice social distancing to the nth degree. And yet, all too often here in the last couple of weeks, churches have maybe been, I don't know what the word is, but believing that God would protect us. You know, this virus is not able to understand what's in our heart. Churches need to lead the way starting this minute around practicing social distancing, because if we were to do this in the most aggressive way possible, there is a path where nobody dies, but it will only happen 
if our faith communities are out front saying, this is who we have to be. This is what God has called us to do. We are going to be together by being apart. Many of these church ministries are providing live stream services to compensate for not having church services, Dr. Morris. Of course, that requires a team of people in place, you know. I know several congregations already that have cavalierly been doing that, and their senior leadership is now COVID positive. We have to find a way to do this that doesn't require our church leaders coming together and being exposed. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, as a minister of the gospel, the fear and anxiety that COVID-19 is causing so many people, talk about that from a pastor's heart. Yeah, so the number one message, in my opinion, of the, of the gospel is this, be not afraid. Um, the, the message that the angels give to the shepherds um, at the time of Jesus' birth is, be not afraid. Um, that is That phrase is repeated in the New Testament more than any other phrase uh, in the New Testament. Um, Now, be not afraid does not mean we just blithely uh, move ahead and assume that God is going to protect us. That's not uh, dealing with fear. That's being stupid. Um, And I I am certain that God gave us a brain for a reason. Um, You know, Science is a tool um, that people of faith need to use wisely, Um, and we in every congregation um, have to figure out, okay, how do we do this in a way that ultimately honors God? What what, what does not honor God is us just saying, well, we're going to keep doing business as usual, Um, that that is not honoring God, that, um, you know, Choose life is always the message of, of the Bible, um, and we have to find creative ways every day uh, to choose life. Um, but we have to take seriously the 23rd Psalm, which is about walking through the shadow of death. But we have to realize that this is at a time where uh, that is all around us. Um, we have to depend on God, but we have to... Um, Uh, use the resources that God has given us uh, in order to uh, come come out of the valley of the shadow of death as whole people. As the general public quarantines themselves, if they feel the virus symptoms and avoids these public gatherings, as you suggest, what else can we do, Dr. Morris? Look, you mentioned the issue of fear. Absolutely. No question that the church can lead the way through all of our various social uh, media uh, means. You know, everybody needs to appreciate Zoom and uh, be be grateful for the people who have, uh, you know, invented our ability to connect with each other. Um, That there are a lot of ways that we can reach out to people and and show them our love. Um, We just can't do it in person right now. you know, this is a great opportunity for us to try to, uh, you know, find a way where we practice uh, effective prayer lives, where we engage things around mindfulness, that we realize that our, our bodies are critical to who we are as human beings. All too often, spend all of our lives in our head um, without realizing that, that the body is part of who we are, that this is the way to sort of ask, well, what does that mean? So use this time to exercise, use this time to eat healthier. Um, but what we don't need to do is 
you know, degenerate into all we're going to do is eat unhealthy foods and not honor the body that God gave us. You know, I, I believe these are all ways that the church can lead us um, into when this is all said and done. We, we are healthier um, in God's eyes and, and not, you know, we, we didn't, we gained 20 pounds and we haven't done anything but, you know, sit on the couch for all this time and wring our hands. Right. You know, if that's what we end up doing, then we are not paying attention to what God wants of us. Well, as you suggest, nutrition has always been a big part of church health, including the community cooking classes, which I'm sure you're not able to have at the moment. Are you able to offer something online due to our current situation to help people with nutrition? Right. So we have a lot of issues at our website, which is churchhealth.org. We also have a Facebook page that I would strongly encourage everybody listening to to, to go find and learn about it. If, if you're not a Facebook person, here, here's a way to go learn about it. Um, I, I'm, I'm an example of somebody. I never used Facebook, but um, our Facebook page is Memphis Clergy COVID-19 Response. Not a particularly creative uh, <laughs> <laughs> title, but Memphis Clergy COVID-19 Response. If you go to Facebook and you look for groups, or you could go to the Church Health website, which is churchhealth.org, and the lead thing there has to do with COVID-19. You click on that, and that can lead you directly to this Facebook page. And the purpose of this um, is congregations, large and small, trying to help each other, each other in terms of congregations, but also each of us individually, um, to, to find our way through this. Um, and so there's issues of inspiration. There's also practical issues about just, you know, how do we beat church? You know, how would we do things like eat healthy during this time frame? Um, but then, you know, also how can the church be the church at work in the world? How can we help people with these food issues? So no, we are not having our classes right now, but what we are doing is almost around the clock uh, cooking um, within our uh, kitchen to uh, uh, create meals for people who are food insecure, um, especially our patients. But even beyond that, um, I think you may know we run a preschool. Most people don't know, and it's called Perea. Um, the name comes from when Jesus said, let little children come unto me. He was in the region of Perea. But um, and this morning, we we're delivering you know, almost 400 meals uh, at Perea that you know, came out of our kitchen. The Shelby County schools that were providing meals were no longer able to maintain that service. Thankfully, of course, what you just mentioned, along with the city, the YMCA, Feedwells, Mid-South Food Bank, they've all kind of worked together to craft an alternative plan to take care of these students to make sure that they can have a nutritious meal. Right. So, I mean, we're working with the University of Memphis um, on this, this food issue I think you may know here Crosstown, we are partners with the Y, um, with Church Health YMCA, so we are very connected into you know, those programs right now. And, and again, with your listeners, um, this is all about ways that churches and people of faith can work together. Um, nobody needs to sit at home and wring their hands and say, woe is me. Um, this is actually a time to try to ask the question, so what, what is God placing on my heart um, as a way that I can be involved? Now, you're going to have to do it from home and uh, keeping social distancing, um, but, but we can creatively uh, do this. You know, God, God yes. gives us 
the ability uh, to respond to this because at the end of the day, this is God's world, and yeah. it is still a beautiful place. Um, and all of this is, you know, just ways that we have to be true to God. Dr. Morris, you alluded to the fact that in the past history where the church has stepped up in times of crises, like threats of disease around the world, you know, the bubonic plague, the yellow fever here in Memphis, prime example of those. It's a great example. It's a time for the church to minister again in the guidelines of being safe, using social distancing, but still arising to the need. Yeah, when, when this is all over, we all are, need to ask our question. When we look back on this, you know, are we going to remember our role in this as somebody who hoarded food um, from Kroger's, you know, or, or, or are we going to be somebody who helped feed people who are food insecure? You know, or, are we going to remember our, our fears and our anger toward the world, or are we going to find ways to be like the Italians and be singing to each other um, songs of praise? You know, that we need to be asking that question now because uh, the opportunity um, will be great uh, to, to make a difference, and the, the the threat of going down a path that you know has nothing to do with God will be front and center, and it's clearly already happening. That's a good word, Dr. Morris. You use the term vulnerable people. I know that your work at Church Health focuses on this population in our community. And to help clarify, if you would, for those who might not understand totally what you mean, define vulnerable people in our community. What are their daily lives typically look like and the availability of health services for them without a church health in the city? Well, I mean, before COVID, you know, the issue of being uninsured uh, was at every turn. You know, what, what church health has for 33 years done is provide health care for the people who work to make our lives comfortable, who cook our food, who take care of our children, wash our dishes, cut our grass, will one day dig our graves, who don't complain. Yet when they get sick, their options have been very few. Um, you know, that has been the ministry of church health. You know, we're, we're not a federally funded anything. Um, you know, we don't pursue government funding for the work we do because the government cannot do the work of the church and neither should we ask it to. Um, so we are a true charity. Um, we are dependent on um, the people of Good Hearts in Memphis. We, we have to raise over $20 million a year to uh, uh, take care of the 70,000 people who depend on us for their health care. Now, that was before COVID. Um, literally thousands of people in Memphis have lost their job in the last week or two. Who knows what number that will ultimately be. Um, but people who are servers, um, people you know, working uh, in small businesses that their employer could not continue to um, uh, keep them on the payroll, you know, maybe you know, we're going to pass a trillion dollar um, uh, plan, but that money is not coming to people who have no paycheck this week. Uh, anytime soon. So that's one sense of who's vulnerable is. The, the other issue that we don't back away from um, is the immigrant population in Memphis. You know, these are people who build our houses, they take care of our children. Um, I don't know what their immigration status is, but what I am confident of is that if that person gets sick, 
you know, if he falls off the roof building a house in Germantown um, and he has nowhere to turn and he comes to church health, um, I do not want to at the end of time look God in the face and have God say to me, or, did you turn that person away? Hmm. Um, we, we are not turning that person away. Um, and people like that are actually who have the greatest fear right now. Um, they already had the, the fear of uh, their immigration status, but now they feel like there is nowhere for them to turn. You know, we, we had a person call us yesterday who was asking if we were still open. Was it possible for him to get seen? Our people went through all of our questions about asking, you know, could he potentially had, have COVID? And it turned out he wanted to be seen because he had broken his hand. I mean, if you break your hand, there should be a path for you to get taken care of it should. in Memphis, Tennessee. It should. So Church Health stands for that. Dr. Morris, as we start to wrap up today's program, how do you personally debrief and unwind from the mounting tensions and the hourly changes that this virus threat creates for you and your organization? For me personally, well, so um, I love my team. You know, it's, we, we are, I mean, our people are really smart. Um, we, you know, we find ways to be connected. I love my wife. I love my dog. <laughs> Going home, um, you know, I almost uh, needing to find ways to, to disconnect, um, you know, that, that's, at these times it's not hard, not, not easy. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, at, at some point right now you you got to be locked and loaded. But, um, you know, I sleep really well. That's <laughs> really well. We need our listeners to pray for you and your team. Dr. Morris. And I'm trying to do this show on a timely basis. That's why we're actually producing the show today, Tuesday, as the show airs at our three o'clock time. This report came in from the Shelby County Health Department just a few moments ago. It's the daily COVID-19 update. Shelby County residents, there are 135 confirmed cases of COVID-19 across the state of Tennessee, 615 right now as we record our show. Yeah, so you can expect the number to double every seven days. Um, so again, the idea of this being over with in the next week or so, that that's not going to happen. Um, you know, this is a 10 to 12 week, um, experience that we're all going to have to go through. There's no shortening the time frame other than through social distancing. I mean, I don't know how many times I need to say that there's nobody immune from this. If your children, your grandchildren, you know, your teenagers are flaunting this, then you need to pull them in the line. If you know anybody who says this doesn't affect me, the answer is it does. Um, and again, this is what churches and people of faith need to lead the way around. Um, none of us are immune. Um, those numbers I quoted, if you don't want to see those numbers happen, then you must practice social distancing in every way you can possibly imagine. The shelter in place, you do not have to wait till 6 o'clock tonight to start that. You should start it right now. Dr. Morris, if someone listening to our show is experiencing, they think, COVID-19 symptoms, what should they do? And would you mind reiterating what those symptoms are? Right. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that. So, number one, if you are asymptomatic, please do not stress the system by trying to get tested. Um, we have a problem that we don't have enough uh, 
testing uh, materials. We don't have enough um, PPE, the things that the doctors and nurses need to do. Um, you go get tested. Um, you're wasting stuff that we have a very limited supply of, number one. Number two, um, if you have the symptoms, which is that, that these symptoms are relatively vague, but a cough and a fever, and by a fever, we define that as 100.4. Um, if you have a cough and a fever right now, um, you might still have the flu. I mean, this is still flu season, and uh, at this point, there's probably a greater chance you have the flu than anything else. But there is no treatment for COVID-19. Um, the last thing you really want to do if you are mildly sick is go to the emergency room. Um, because if you had the flu and you go to the emergency room, then you may be exposing yourself to COVID-19. Um, so what people need to do is just go home, self-quarantine. Uh, you know, there's an overwhelming chance you're going to get better, but you need to be at home. You should practice social isolation. Um, you know, the only way you can get a test right now is from a doctor at a testing station. But at this point, the um, we are limited in our ability around testing and will remain that way in the near future. Um, now, if you start getting short of breath, that, that, that is the critical symptom. If you start getting short of breath, that would be when you do need to go to the emergency room. But most of us will be just perfectly fine going home and practicing social isolation and, and take care of yourself as best you can. Um, you know, that's not the answer that most people want to hear, but there is no specific treatment. You know, the drugs that you hear them talking about on TV right now, number one, they're not proven, and number two, they're not available. So that's what we need to do. Dr. Morris, God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you for what you continue to do for our city through the work of Church Health. It's always a pleasure to have you on, and we're going to have to get back together more often. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you so much. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. Church Health Center, again, the website is churchhealth.org, churchhealth.org. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.